Hey guys, welcome back to the Grad Life Podcast. It's me, Danny, and I'll be your host for today's careers episode. Today we take a look at working in financial services, and I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by David Gannon, a graduate wealth management analyst at Goodbody Financial Services. David recently graduated from the MSc in Finance from UCD Smurfit Business School, having undertook a undergrad degree in Business Economics and Social Science from Trinity. Dave, thanks a million for taking the time. I know you've had a full day's work, so I really appreciate you coming on. No problem at all. Thanks for having me. Okay, so Dave, I think the best way of looking at this is if we take it back to your undergrad degree, which was Bess and Trinity, Business, Economics and Social Science. You eventually majored in Business and Economics, but do you think that undertaking a business degree that allowed exposure to the different academic channels, such as Economics and Social Science, not solely business-like, let's say commerce in UCD. Yeah. Obviously you can undertake a number of uh, modules in commerce which are completely unrelated to business and all as weird and wonderful as the next. But do you think that by undertaking BESS, you got that exposure to, let's say, social science in first year that you might not have necessarily carried on throughout your studies, but it allowed you to kind of make up your mind if you really wanted to do business solely business with economics or even economics and social science yeah yeah so like for the first year you do all four which is very interesting but like yeah I, like i wasn't i wasn't hugely interested in politics to say but like the fact you're doing all four you know it's 25 percent each so it's it's not it's not major um and then following first year i just dropped politics and then there was a few sociology modules that I actually liked in second year so like i knew i wasn't going to do sociology as my degree but like that kind of made things interesting because then in second year I was primarily doing business and economics modules but I could pick up one or two sociology ones that I just found interesting so it kind of made it a bit more whole like it was yeah it was good getting that different insight I guess. So you made the decision to major in business and economics in second or third year but were you predisposed to business or economics in school or in the family life before actually going to college that might have steered your decision? Like in school I hadn't done a huge amount of business I did studied accounting for the leaving search and um, but that was primarily it so I kind of knew I wanted to go down a career path in business but like business is so broad and I was like okay I don't know enough I'll pick a broad course and I think best was kind of the best suit for that and then like sociology I thought was interesting so I was like okay it'd be cool to at least sit in on these lectures for a year see whether or not I like that whether I want to keep it up um, but yeah, I just found that business and economics was the better fit for me. Uh, so just pursued that till the end, yeah. And I suppose then to couple up with what you were doing in modules, joining the SMF, I know Paddy Ryder, former guest on here, Kate Fullen, my co-host on the Careers Pod, they were all involved with the SMF. It seems like something that I know you've gone in the finance route now um, mm. and hindsight's twenty twenty. but even just having a general business interest in trinity it's a really good one to apply for and if you get in if you're so lucky to get in it's a great one to be involved in yeah no 100 percent. i like i definitely enjoyed my time with the smf um did that in trinity and then even also did it in the masters like i think it's i think it's really good to just do if even if you're not doing business like um like my sister's not she's doing a master's in business now but prior to that she wasn't and I even encouraged her to just do it because I think you you learn a lot. Like it's more about the kind of investment side of things, which isn't really touched on a lot in your business degree. And like it's, you know, like it's kind of the world that I'm in at the moment. 
like it's a lot more focused on investing so smf was very beneficial for that um so yeah like you definitely you learn a load of skills you do a lot of stuff with the smf that they don't teach you in college which is like very valuable so you'd even pitch within the smf to the sort of upper management tree as well which is definitely something you don't do in college yeah and and then also even just yeah those stock pitches i think were so important because like i, I feel like it, it's often like quite common in finance related interviews that they'll ask you or like you know i went in kind of knowing a few stocks and how to pitch them from the smf and then like also in the internship we had to do stock pitches and like you could tell kind of people were at different standards and those that were kind of at that higher level were those who tended to do the smf so very beneficial yeah like I it's not necessarily it. the same as just going in and throwing your project on Ryanair up on the board and running through the PowerPoint. It's it's a bit different. Exactly, yeah. And I think probably, as you said, because you're pitching, like, so we had Davy as our sponsor, so because there's that chance that you might get to pitch to Davy, you know, like, that's kind of, it's a big deal. And it's also, you know, like, people who are very busy businessmen, you don't want to be wasting their time. Like, you put a lot of pressure into it. Yeah, it's like there's that more added pressure it's almost that. a vested interest that you might get an internship exactly out of it. Yeah, yeah big time particularly in third and fourth year so yeah like it does take up a fair bit of time but yeah 100 percent. like i i really enjoy doing it like so in the meantime you're still in college you want to bolster the cv a little bit you want to get a bit of work experience and you attained an internship at a boutique financial services firm called kinsale capital was that focused around wealth management or was it a different side of financial services you were looking at when you were there yeah so it, like i mean technically it's not wealth management they're they're actually it's, it's hard to explain i guess they're down i suppose as a value focused investment firm so they have like two value focused funds and then that's kind of their main product and then in addition to that like they tried they set up portfolios for clients and a, a large enough portion of that portfolio will consist of that fund and then they would fill the rest with you know your equities your bonds and they kind of diversify the portfolio in that way so it like it was like a kind of wealth management feel and so I was there for yeah a few weeks back in I think third year college and just found it really interesting like it was like it was very cool firm to be a part of and just kind of getting that insight into just like particularly managing people's money, I just thought was really interesting. So that's, yeah, one kind of area, I guess, where... They'd be, they'd be quite boutique. They were quite a small firm. So I'd imagine you got Very. pretty hands-on oh, exposure. Yeah, yeah that, and that's, yeah, that was that was crazy. So there's only nine or 10 people in the office and you're just, you're on, you're in one room. So like the CEO is sitting like across from me, two to the right. And then you have the CFO just a little bit down and like, even sometimes like the phone would ring and it would almost just be like, like who wants to answer that? <laughs> like, it, so it was, it was very funny. It was very interesting seeing that side of things. Um, so yeah, I really liked that. And then especially comparing that now to, to being in, in good body where it's like on our floor, there's probably about a hundred, hundred plus people within wealth management. So yeah, you it's can, very you can, different. You can take the extended lunch in good bodies. You couldn't take the extended <laughs> lunch in good day. That's um, it, yeah. So you come back to college Back into Bess, finishing majoring in business and economics. Yeah. Was that internship, did that drive you down the finance route or was it kind of just CV builder? I go into a bit of value focus finance and then I'll see where I go from there. 
like yeah kind of a mixture of of, of all of those aspects um and also like that was so like that was third year um I still didn't really know what I wanted to do at that stage I knew I wanted to do business uh, economics I found very interesting but it wasn't the route I wanted to go down and it was kind of was kind of more so doing it just because I thought it would be a bit of a better CV builder than just the pure business um and I, f- I found it enjoyable it was something that I liked but yeah then within business I mean the business there's so much modules from you know HR to marketing to accounting and finance and they're all so different and it was really in third year where you kind of focus on that and that's kind of where I was like okay I'm really enjoying finance so this is the route that I'd say I want to go down but it's still just so broad so yeah got got the experience in Kinsale and it was just yeah it was kind of like okay I'll go into this see whether this is kind of an area that I like and yeah I just really enjoyed it so I guess that probably swayed me a little bit like and I suppose that probably triggered you to therefore enroll in the masters in finance and focus heartedly on finance in yeah UCD. absolutely yeah because yeah like even in I find myself even in finally or not fully knowing what to do. And I, I like I think it's so difficult to know at that age. Particularly like I was kind of like, okay, once I go into this job, like this is pretty much me for the next 30, 40 years or so. So it's Absolutely. like you want you want to do something that you enjoy. And I knew like oh I, like you know, I'd narrowed it down to business and then I'd narrowed it down to finance, but that was still so broad. So yeah, finally I was kind of like, okay, I I don't I don't actually really know what I want to do yet. I would just gotten to that stage, so decided to do the Masters in Finance instead. And I was like, kind of thought it'd be the same where it'd be like, okay, narrow down into specific subjects and from that have a better idea of what I want to do. And yeah, that definitely helped for that. So it was great. From a personal point of view, looking at back at finally knowing pretty specifically what I wanted to do, taking a job offer in March, it, the whole year kind of tends to fly by yeah, if you don't really know what you want to do, you just okay. I'm just gonna bang through, get the exam results, and then see where I am the other side. Yeah. Or alternatively, if you are even going into finance roles, you tend to get your offer in September, so you're yeah. focused already on. I've got an offer here subsequent to me achieving these grades. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there's a real limbo to it. And, and and also not only that, like it's it's so intense, and like like I was taking it on then obviously in during um, my masters. So Christmas exams were just mental because like, as you said, most of these places you're applying in September and October and it's just rejection after rejection after rejection. Like there's, I applied probably to like 30 plus firms. Like it's, it's crazy. Like it's, it's so tough. Um, and like, yeah, as a result, when you're doing that on top of your study, like it's just so much work. So I think like, I think that's probably one aspect as well. You do really kind of want to know where you're applying to. Like I had some friends who applied to corporate finance and say wealth management and they were just spending so much time on applications that then their study work just kind of lacks behind. Because there's no one size fits all policy for job applications like that. I mean, they all require quite a lot of attention, an awful lot of detail. And those who try and use the cookie cutter on just send the same CV, the same application to as many places as possible often tend to be the ones who don't get the job i wish i wish yeah i wish it was as simple as that with some of them and especially yeah with some of them when you're doing the online assessment centers which yeah it's crazy like you're doing and like they're all so different as well like you'll be doing a memory one with say morgan stanley and then you've 
JP Morgan one, which is like a behavioral or like a cognitive test. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit mad. It takes up a lot of time. Yeah. Big time. So then it's obviously a massive relief to get the offer. Absolutely. Which you got. Yeah. Um, with good bodies. And was that a, was that an internship or a full grad program or how did that work? So, so with good body, you go into an internship program and that is a 10 week program. Uh, so that starts in the summer. Um, June is usually the start date, but because of COVID my year, we got pushed back to August. Um, but yeah, you do 10 weeks of that. And then if, I suppose if you're successful, if, if they like you, they keep you on for the graduate program, which is then about nine to 10 months long. Um, and then following that, yeah, the full-time contract comes. So I'm did the 10 weeks currently then God, probably like six or seven months in now to the graduate program. And you're, I don't know if we're allowed to say this, but you are changing role, staying within wealth management and are upgrading from an analyst to wealth management executive. So congratulations are in order. <laughs> Thank you um, very much. Cheers. Also must be noted, we have uh, the cream of the crop on. We do have the Good Body Graduate Award 2020 <laughs> winner. I thought I'd throw you under the bus with that. But um, that, you've obviously kind of somewhat, not necessarily fast-tracked, but there's been a progression in seven or eight months that is great to see and kind of great to be a part of, I'd imagine, yeah. in an organization like that. Yeah, big time. I mean, that like it's just like one thing which I really liked about Good Body, like it's, it's a really good culture. And like that was one of the, like it was it was kind of, it was the main place that I wanted to work. Um, So when I came in, it was just, like I actually think it's funny, like I've, I've talked about this with people where, you know, I applied to a lot of places, obviously, but like I think you kind of do take a preference. You know, everyone kind of has those one or two that Absolutely. you really want. And for me, that was Good Body. And yeah I don't know what it is then I think you probably go into the interview a bit more hungry or wanting it more and like you know because like a lot of time with these places as well you're competing with the same people and like you know like I went for interviews with some of my friends in the masters and like you know they'd get to later stages than I would and then there was other companies where I'd get to later stages than than they would and like you never really know but I think I came into that just really wanting it so like I'd done my research I'd kind of come well prepared, I think. And it was just, yeah, it was, it was where I kind of wanted to go. So I was happy it worked out in the end then, yeah. I think it's that's definitely something you touched on with wanting it. Yeah. It is a massive part. I, I was applying to places in the States, let's say. And yeah. I went and met a girl over there, an Irish girl. And she said, like, you know, you're, you're competing against five, six, seven thousand applicants. And she's like, that's not a joke for mm. one role as like a junior account exec. And she goes, crazy. what shows that you want to work in, let's say, Wasserman more than anyone else? Do yeah. you know the clients? Do you know who their highest earners are? That kind of stuff that if you're not actually fully vested in it, you're it's very visible. But if you are, yeah. it's almost an added bonus for the interviewer. I, I definitely yeah. think you're on the right track there. Yeah, I know. I completely agree with that. And like, like I had my interview, so we do two rounds and like, like one of so um one of my interviewers in the last round he's he's one of my kind of uh one of the managers within good body and so like but like he'd have a very good relationship with us he'd kind of like follow up with us which is really nice and like i'd had a few conversations with them and like one of them was kind of like you know like why did you choose me essentially or like what kind of helped and like one of the things that he mentioned was just that kind of like that passion I had for Good Body or that, yeah, it was kind of the fact that I 
knew what good body was like and I was kind of like this is a good fit for me and yeah like you you, you touched on as well the fact you kind of reach out to someone I think reaching out to someone is so important like I knew I knew a woman who works in good body um a few years back and then I met up with a guy who was working there at the time so like if you can kind of come into the interview and it's like you know oh like just like I've heard about the culture like it seems like a great fit for me like they love to hear that and absolutely it does really help but then also like that being said like you do like well that's really important for me anyways to work in a place where I enjoy working there like because I mean you're, it's it's at least nine to half five every day you you want to be enjoying what you're doing but you also want to enjoy like the other people you're working with you want to have a good connection with that and I suppose then to touch on you know enjoying what you're doing and making sure it's a good fit what was what really drove you to that like I mean wealth management there's so many different facets of investment banking and financial planning yeah and everything that you can get involved in but what was wealth management yeah why there yeah and like yeah I mean with with good body and like there's four different departments you can interview for so even kind of trying to narrow that down is very difficult but like what kind of happened for me um one was actually um I'd gone to a talk that Mark Maxwell did and it was with the IGN Irish Graduate Network and he he basically broke down it was a it was an acronym um for I can't even remember it now at the time but it was basically it was like seven or eight things and he was like you should prioritize which two you want in your job so like an example of somewhere like you know like money prestige like you know that kind of like oh that title you know some people do love that some people want that, that a lot really... of people love that especially in finance yeah yeah no it's it's a very big thing in finance um no big time uh what else it was like travel uh then just kind of like enjoyment company culture stuff like that so yeah like prestige for me wasn't as you know thing I was chasing as much as enjoyment like for me it was just like like enjoyment I want to be enjoying where I want where I work like I want to love what I'm doing like I don't want it to be a drag whereas there would be some people who I suppose it would just be like I want this title and I want boatloads of money and like each their own is in you know you you ultimately pay for that yeah like I mean yeah sure sure, like it's it's up to the person each individual person looks for different things but yeah I was like okay I want to work in a place that I like that I you know it's a good culture it's a good fit to me and then I want to do a job which I think suits me and I like to do and then it was kind of following that talk um like I sat down with my dad and we kind of just wrote out one it was kind of like kind of skills that I think that I'm good at which is which is very hard to do I would recommend doing it with someone else absolutely Um, but yeah like your kind of your main skill sets I guess then also your areas where you're a little bit weak that's more so probably why you need someone to sit in on um and then like from that yeah like what you actually want to do so like I had a list of some of the things that I was good at that I thought anyways and then what I actually wanted to do and like one of the key things throughout it was just like dealing with people. Like that's just something that I really wanted to do. I'd like to think I'm quite good at that. And then kind of from there, it kind of just stemmed of like, okay, dealing with people, interacting with people, but also that kind of finance element of like being involved in the markets, like just being in that space. And wealth management was kind of just a perfect fit for it. So 
having an interest in that financial space, being quite personable, yeah. maybe having an interest in sales, would you drive someone down that wealth management route? That that would be quite suited to someone who have those characteristics. Yeah, and and I mean, yeah, like you said, sales there as well. And so that was one that I was also contemplating, and it was it was kind of between wealth management and sales. And yeah, like I'd still like a friend of mine in the company does sales, like very interesting role and it also kind of seems like it's the same kind of skill sets like it's 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 similar enough but yeah i guess i kind of just went towards wealth management instead because just the idea of kind of getting a bit involved in portfolio construction say sounded very interesting to me whereas with with wealth management i think it's more so yeah like there's also sorry there's also different accounts so i could be a wealth manager but the client's kind of has the control and constructs the portfolio themselves and you just give them advice or then there's you kind of constructing the, the portfolio for the client but like yeah you kind of have that interaction with the client and it's it's more so like yeah it's like sales you're tr- you, sales you're trying to sell something to someone or you're trying to convince them to invest in a stock whereas wealth management it's more relationship based exactly yeah getting a relationship with this client and just trying to more give them advice and like yeah like that'd be one thing where like it sounds a bit mad but like i kind of just i want to i guess help people make money in the end of the day like that just to me if, if you win i win it's yeah mutually beneficial they don't have to be mutually exclusive exactly yeah like and that's that's i guess kind of how it works and like i i just like that idea where actually trying to help people manage their money because like it's you such know a, such a thoughtful guy and they say these bankers are bad guys i don't agree with them (laughs) i suppose what would your day-to-day role entail like what are you it's going to change now going into a wealth management exec yeah on a graduate program let's say and then what you'll what your increased responsibility will be now going forward yeah so um yeah god it's it's differed a lot and especially with the with the graduate program you rotate between teams well most people do so like i was in one team uh, for a few months and then I've gone into so it's kind of um, one team which was uh, basically advertising I suppose or marketing to what we call the mass affluent um, grouping and then the team I'm on now at the moment is more so the kind of high net worth individuals so like even if you think about those teams like the role I had was completely different but like just as an example like one one thing with the, so the first team, sorry, the first team was called the personal team. Um, with the personal team, like clients would come in. So like we did like a LinkedIn campaign where it was like advertising on LinkedIn and clients would then come through, come into us um, being like, okay, I'd be interested in this. Um, I would then send them an email just like, okay, like, you know, would it suit to say have a call? We'd go through a few things. Um, so then I'd, I'd go on a call with them, like with another wealth management exec and we'd kind of just go through things of like you know their net worth to just everything from like salary expenses um pensions any of your protection like death and service stuff like that and then from that we'd take this all down and then we'd be able to show them a graph of their cash flow from the age they are now to like we're using 100 as death so we were tracking this out basically showing you know up to year 65 and then your pension kicks in but it's like if at the moment do we think say you would have enough income as you stand right now 
to retire at say the age 55 mm-hmm. and then we'd look at this chart and see like okay you're a little bit in the red like your expenses are actually going over and then from that we would then start to kind of construct some sort of advice as in okay we need to you know we need to maybe say take some more of your savings at the moment and think about investing or like okay we need to kind of sort out the pension plan so that was something that we did with the first team which was really interesting um that's kind of a sales pitch in a roundabout sort of way you're just taking their information yeah and then basically pitching your services yeah no it is yeah but like it's so it's like it, it was really though like we take these away and like i sat in on a fair few of them but like they'd all be different so it wasn't like you know we'd we'd get a chart back and it would just be like oh we're just you know we'll tell you to invest more anything something like that yeah it was it was literally like okay we'd look at it and we'd be like okay what's actually the best thing to do here and like i really love that as well then as well because like i love you know i'd be quite into like investing and i'd like just being like smart with my money i suppose um so things like that, like, you know, like I'd even, like I'd look into say pensions myself or things like that. So that's how I found it really interesting because they'd be like, you know, yeah, as I said, it could be, okay, you need to in- increase say the amounts that you're contributing to your investment amount or to your pensions amount. Or it would be like, okay, we need to change, we need to change something here. Like you're spending too much money in this area or something like that. So yeah, I just, I thought that was quite interesting anyways. Cool kind of space like absolutely and then i suppose now going into the exec i suppose you're just going to take on a more senior role of maybe a graduate under yes similar similar idea but obviously on a little bit more senior level yeah so like i'll probably like i'll essentially still be doing some of the graduate role work that i was doing um but like you know how it is you can go into the graduate stuff you sometimes do like um like i couldn't get too involved with clients because well i need to do my exams anyways but now as a result this role is a kind of client-faced role so with this role i get to a stage where i'll start to build up a book of clients and start to build relationships with people and like yeah in the end of the day that was kind of what i wanted to do so it's leading in that direction but yeah no 100 percent. like i did i'll go in and start doing some jobs which i did as a graduate and i guess that's why it kind of pushed me towards applying to this role because i was like yeah that's this is a kind of fit that I think would be good for me like and at that stage right now with graduate you're yet to do your exams we'll talk a bit about the exams that, that go hand in hand with wealth management yeah but there is that scope to go into the likes of a good bodies or a davy and go in at a graduate role maybe in one facet of the business and then change around there is that scope yeah and like yeah that does happen like it's well like so with good body like I moved around as I said, but I moved around the wealth management department. So, but like that in itself as well is is very different. Like it, I was even surprised. I kind of just thought it was like, you know, you just kind of had this, like you had people who were constructing portfolios and then you kind of had these relationship managers and that was it. And, you know, but like there's so much different teams involved from like, like we have a credit unions team we have we have like three different teams with the high net worth essentially like they're the portfolio manager teams and then we have this personal team but then there's also the kind of like investment solution as they're called who are more constructing of portfolios um from like setting up or creating pitch docs and presentations and things like that and like so like that role and that team in itself is 
so different to say the team that I'm on now. So yeah, sorry. That, so like essentially that was great getting a bit of a rotation, seeing all that. Um, within good body, you can't. Not that I know of, anyways. I, I don't think you can do rotations to other teams in different departments. But it has been the case that you know a guy came in with me on the wealth management internship, and then he ended up getting a role in capital markets. So, and like it's one of those things, you know, the, the kind of cliche like just get your foot in the door. And like I'd always kind of thought that was nonsense, but like I I do kind of agree with it. Like it's a lot easier once you're in a firm to move around than to just you know like and and I think as well that that kind of comes back then to you know work in a place that you enjoy the culture or you think you're gonna like it there and then yeah he just transitioned after a while and yeah because he thought it was a better fit for him and worked out in the end then yeah so going into the kind of intricacies of going in that wealth management route you do obviously have to undertake a number of exams to be a uh, wealth manager yeah. so you've got to do your stockbroking APAs your QFAs and your CFPs they're not all absolute musts uh, the stockbroking APAs they're a must they are yeah your QFAs which are qualified financial advisor and yeah. then your CFPs which is a certified financial planner that's right yeah they're not all absolute musts some of them are tell us a little bit about what each exam set gives you or allows you to do yeah, so the stockbroking APAs, um, we we have to do that uh, just in our industry. So uh, like everyone on the floor had to do it. Like even there's a guy who's been working in the business for years and he only just did them, say, two years ago. I think they've only, I don't know if they've come in recently, but I don't know, let's just say regulation on them has increased. Um, so everyone on the floor does it. Uh, there's only two of them though. So it's, it's quite handy. Like I'm doing one now in, in May and it's on like... Um, the market regulation so it's it's not the most it's pretty on topic yeah yeah absolutely but uh not the most interesting but definitely yeah definitely something to be on top of uh which which we are um and then qfas yeah you've like six different qfa exams um and so that's that's what i'll go into now following following this exam so i think i'll probably do that in september um and then I, I think, so the QFAs are a must, or from what I gather, I have to do at least three of them before I can start actually advising clients. Yeah. Um, so and, you'll need to get them boxed off relatively soon, well, at least three of them, yeah. with the new role you're taking on. Yeah. So, yeah, if there's an earlier date than September, I'll try fit them in. But I think September is the next date, because um, I have to do this exam first, and then get into them but yeah I, I probably just try box off all three in one sitting and then I'm not sure if the other three are actually mandatory and I think I might have an exemption or two just from doing best and the masters um but yeah something that I kind of need to look into a bit more and then the CFPs the certified financial planner that isn't necessary but it's it, it would I, th- I get the idea anyways it will help it kind of just gives you a bit of accreditation and like you know kind of helps you to stand out a bit more i suppose um and you were saying you were saying off mike there's a difference between the cfps which is financial planning and cfas which is financial advisory yeah yeah so so yeah cf cfas how i see it is more if you're going down that investment side of things um whereas the cfps is more if you're going down that literally financial planning route and that kind of relationship management route so as I was saying, like I want to get to a stage where I have clients and 
my main goal or aim is to just help them grow their wealth. So the financial planning is kind of a, f- a perfect fit. But if I was someone who was more involved in, say, the picking of stocks and, you know, the, the, like the construction of the portfolio, the CFAs would probably be a better fit. Okay, perfect. Good. Anyone who wants to go down that route, you're going to have to box them off. It's an absolute must. Um, <laughs> maybe, suppose... maybe don't quote me on, on yeah, that just... exact. Maybe talk to an actual expert. Chat, but... chat your, college, uh, your college guidance counselor, maybe. Yeah. Um, there's actually something you touched on earlier, Dave, that I kind of wanted to revert back to. And it was when you were talking about your personal motivations for your job and how company culture was paramount over, let's say, employer prestige or salary size. And not to say you're the exception to the rule by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, rightly or wrongly, there's often a label that's put on individuals who go into the likes of investment banking, venture capital, corporate finance, other streams of financial services that, yes, you know, employer prestige and salary size really do matter. Yeah. If I have to work those extra hours, I will to justify my wage. Yeah. You know, we all hear the nightmare stories of, you know, graduates and juniors who go into banks, not only in London, also here in Dublin has become a lot more prevalent. I'm sure it's been, been there for years. But, you know, the horror stories of going into the office at 7 or 8 a.m. And, and leaving at kind of 12, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning to get things done, but justifying it by saying, yeah, I get paid a pretty large salary and I'm pretty happy to do this. Like, yeah. Is that the same for you in wealth management or how have you found like that adjustment or time management? Yeah, so um, in terms of wealth management, like the, the hours I think are actually, they're, they're very good. Like another thing that kind of drew me to us because yeah, I had friends, I have friends still at the moment who were doing these crazy hours till like to three in the morning even, which is just, I think is just, is madness. Um, obviously it needs to be done in certain industries. It, thankfully you don't really have that in wealth management like i would tend to finish you know before six most days there are obviously some weeks or some days where it's just a bit hectic and you need to kind of stay on a little bit longer but like it would never be any insane hours you know which which i really like because yeah striking that work-life balance is very important to me um but like yeah like again i know there are a lot of people who they're happy to just put in say a year or two put this hard work in and make the money and then get to whatever level it is, partner or something like that and ease back up a little bit. And that's what they want to do. And that's completely fair. And I also like, I've, I've a friend who he'd be working to like midnight or two most days during the week, but like he absolutely loves it. You know, like that, like that's just, that's just not me. So his life is work while you enjoy life outside of work yeah but like like is in like yeah like he, he has a great life though so like it, it's 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 not like you know like there's a lot of days say like monday you know i finish up work it's not like i'm living my best life on a monday afternoon like especially with covid i'm not doing anything mental but it's just yeah i like having that difference i don't want it like i don't I'd like go proper hell for leather like you know yeah yeah as i said for me it's the enjoyment that work-life balance um, is major. Whereas some people, there's some people who just love putting in those hours and they're happy to do that. So again, yeah, kind of each their own, see kind of which is a better fit for you. Like. I suppose the key takeaway of that is you can go into financial planning, you can go into 
the banking, investment banking stuff and not have to work mental hectic hours depending on which route you take. Yeah. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard work regardless, but yeah. you don't have to be until two or three o'clock in the morning. That's it. Yeah. And I, I mean, yeah, I can't speak for all wealth management firms, but like it, it's definitely, yeah. Comparing that to say investment banking, just completely different, different areas there on that. I suppose then to finish, Dave, it's a thing we do with every guest we have on. I like to say that the careers guests, myself and Kate, have gotten some pretty good book recommendations in the last while. Nice. Um, but yeah, just ask you for a book recommendation. You can give two, you can give three. I'm not too sure if you're a massive reader. Fiction, non-fiction, whatever. Ball yeah. in your court. Okay, Christ. Um, yeah, I actually, to be honest with you, I wasn't much of a reader until covid uh, one of the actual positives to come out of COVID was the fact that it's kind of gotten me into reading a bit more. Um, it's hugely underrated as well. Like I feel like even just in terms of finance, I've been reading some books which have been very helpful. Um, so God, ones that stand out. Um, the Algebra of Happiness was a very good one by Scott Galloway. Um, he's really interesting as well. Then like it just in that space. So like I follow him on LinkedIn, and he sends out weekly emails as well. So very good. Like if, if anyone's in that business space, it's a good person to look at. Um, the Algebra of Happiness. If you're into investing, the little book of common sense investing. It's probably one of the most basic, like it's it's tiny as well, tiny little red book. But like if you want to get into investing, I definitely recommend reading that. Um, I'll leave it at two. I don't want to go into too much. I'm not, I'm not a big bookworm, like essentially, but very good books, yeah. Good I'd stuff. Recommend. Considering I put out a podcast maybe every three weeks that you get uh, my listeners around to uh, my next podcast anyway, the two of them. Yeah. Uh, Dave, thanks really for coming on. Really appreciate it. I hope anyone who's listening who has an interest in finance, wealth management in particular, has taken something away from this. Uh, I'm going to throw Dave under the bus for the second time on today's episode and say if you want to reach out to him, you're on LinkedIn. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. More than happy to give back. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. And I'd actually, I would recommend this. Like I had a lot of people reach out to me this year coming into the, the internship period of just advice for interviews and stuff like that. Honestly, like, you know, whether you're applying to good body or whether you're a completely different industry, try to find someone who's a little bit older than you or similar age and reach out to them because yeah, like I'll, I'll message you back. I'll try to give you some bits of advice and hopefully it'll help anyways. Great stuff. Dave, thanks a million. Really appreciate it, man. No worries at all. Absolute pleasure.